are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, day after the Pelicans get a big victory over the Charlotte Hornets, and despite no Zion, despite no Brandon Ingram, somehow their play-in tournament hopes are still alive. Yes, we're saying there is a chance, and in fact, there might actually be a good chance, particularly with the team they're playing tonight in the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll preview that coming up in the third segment, but the first two segments, let's just do it in order. The game against the 76ers on Friday, the win over the Charlotte Hornets um, last night. Let's break it all down in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So one other quick note before we jump into breaking down Friday's game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Apple Podcasts is having some issues, so that's why you normally listen to the show. It's likely not updating on your feed, so you're probably missing episodes. So do me a favor if you want to get the show Monday through Friday or just, you know, any days because it looks like it ha- I haven't put out an episode at least on Apple in like three weeks. Download Spotify, download the Odyssey app or just any other podcast app. It's only happening on Apple. We're not sure why it's happening to like all a lot of podcasts all over the place. So if you want to make sure you're getting the latest episode of Locked On Pelicans, you've got to get it on an app or a service other than Apple. All right, so the Pelicans went into Philadelphia starting a five-game road trip down Zion Williamson, down Brandon Ingram. You saw no Nikhil Alexander-Walker in this game, no Steven Adams in this game, no Didi Luzada-Silva this game, no James Nunnally in this one either, really. And they still somehow managed to keep it close. Like, of course, this was how it's going to go. Back against the wall, playoff hopes on the line. This team somehow comes out swinging hard against the Philadelphia 76ers who have the top record or who had the top record at the time in the Eastern Conference. You know, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons can take you pretty damn far along with Tobias Harris in in, um, tow there. And this team didn't back down. This was great to see. This is what you want to see. And the fact that they lost and if you're hoping they don't get into the playing tournament and want them to tank. You know what? This is the exact type of game that you wanted to see out of this team. You saw a decent enough game from Eric Bledsoe. Where's that been all season? We're going to talk about him in the next segment with his game against the Charlotte Hornets too. He finished with 18 points on the night, five rebounds, four assists. Shooting wasn't there. One of seven. What can you really do? But he tried to get downhill. And hey, nice to see him do this over the final five, six games of the regular season. You know, and not the first 90% of the year, but whatever. Lonzo Ball, more consistent in this one. 18 points from him, seven rebounds, three assists on the night. Four of 13 shooting from deep. It's okay. Um, Najee Marshall, after getting a four-year deal, just shot two of 10 from the field. Four total points. He wasn't very good in this one. But really, the the stars of the game in this one were Kyra Lewis Jr. and Jackson Hayes the rookie and second year big man combined for 32 points off of the bench for the team Kyra was 5 of 11 1 of 4 from 3 4 rebounds 4 assists 2 steals most importantly no turnovers you had to love what you saw from him three-point shot wasn't there but go look at his shot chart 
He was getting to the rim, giving you that dimension of a downhill guard that this team has been lacking all season long. It's a little disappointing he didn't play more than 21 and a half minutes in this game, but you've seen that he might, maybe, depends on how things are going to go and the injuries around the team, have a slightly bigger role going forward the remainder of the years. You start to see a little bit more youth get put out on the court for the Pelicans. But the fact that he can get downhill, he can still make all kinds of passes and has pretty good vision is what you want to see out of him. He's active on defense. He's making rookie mistakes on defense. He found way too much in this one and struggled at times, but it, but it's also okay. He's a young guy. It's his first year in the league. You're allowed to make some of those mistakes. Jackson Hayes also showed out in this one. 19 points for the big man off the bench. Eight rebounds. He was eight of 16 from deep. Three of four from the line. Three assists for him. Three blocks for him. One steal. Just one turnover. Perfect. Again, his story this season has been one of the brightest spots for your New Orleans Pelicans. After essentially being unplayable and getting benched for a month, he comes in and he's been a fixture in the rotation and a key guy off the bench and a guy that looks like he could be a starter going into next season. That might be a little too soon for him, but it's coming before this rookie deal is up that he's going to be a starter in this league, it looks like. Vertical spacing is there, but also from him, and you saw it in this game, he's willing to shoot threes. He's not really making them. He's willing to shoot long jumpers, too. He's not really making them, but at least he's trying. And if he ever starts hitting those consistency uh, consistently, he's going to have a lot more tools to play with. And that's going to space the court for Zion in addition to the vertical spacing being the lob threat that he is. And defensively, he did a good enough job in this. He's got like like mini rim protector status on him right now. And this came through big time against the Charlotte Hornets. But having a guy that reliably defends the rim, not just deters people at the rim, but screws up shots at the rim, blocks shots, forces guys to change their shot or just get away from the rim. That's a real big thing and something that New Orleans hasn't had all season long. And it's been a big part of why the defense has struggled. But they did a good job of letting Joel Embiid do his thing, 37 points, but limiting Limiting others, Tobias Harris wasn't particularly great in this game. Seth Curry was mainly just being a spot-up shooter, and they limited the damage that those guys did. And they played solid enough basketball in this one, only 10 turnovers for New Orleans, really valuing the ball, that they managed to keep it close. It's amazing what you can do against a good team when you don't turn the ball over 20 times and instead do it just 10. And ultimately ended up with a loss. And that's okay. They fought hard. You saw that energy, that effort that is often at times kind of lacking from the team. They came out ready to play. And I don't know if you can ask much more than that with Zion out, with Brandon Ingram out. They lost, helps them kind of in the ping pong balls and the draft lottery, which is, you know, at this point, especially without both those two guys, maybe what you should be looking at. But still, they're somehow still alive in the play-in tournament. And though this game didn't help them there, the next one definitely did with the win against the Charlotte Hornets. So coming up, we'll take a look at that game. So before we get to that game, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Indeed.com. You're the hiring expert for your company. What you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed.com. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that have must-have qualifications and schedule and complete interviews 
interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests and add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, don't forget, I threw out an instant reaction podcast, an emergency podcast, if you will, to the news that Zion Williamson is going to be out for the foreseeable future indefinitely with a broken left ring finger. I also reacted to the press conference that David Griffin had where he you know, slammed the NBA refs and he was just fined $50,000 for it. Talking about how it just kind of felt fake. Needed to be said, yes, definitely feels fake when you're trying to link it to an injury that wasn't caused by refs missing a call. And I do worry that if the NBA is going to look at this, and they did, they find him, and they're just going to be like, no, whatever, it's sour grapes because you didn't uh, show us an injury that was caused by the refs missing calls. And look, Zion is not officiated properly. No one has an idea of what to do with this guy, including opposing defenses, other than hack the living hell out of him. But you don't want to cheapen your message, and I worry that that's a little bit what David Griffin did. Just like when LeBron said, whoever came up with a play-in tournament needs to be fired, this is convenient that you're saying it when you're in the seventh spot. And before that, you were saying the play-in tournament's a great idea. Or Mark Cuban, who voted for the play-in tournament, and then goes, this was a dumb idea and we shouldn't have done it. Mark, you can't do that and say that when you voted for it and only when your team gets into the seventh spot. This is like pretty straightforward. David Griffin kind of pulled that move a little bit. And it's it's unfortunate because there's really great ways he could have made the points. I actually did a podcast about this and gave you guys the data for Zion Williamson, who scores and shoots at the rim more than anyone else in the league by a significant amount. He doesn't get the foul calls that he should. And he gets more uh, foul calls like Joel Embiid, who only shoots 30-something percent of his shots at the rim, not the 60 or 70 that Zion does. There's a huge disparity between the volume at the rim and the foul calls that he gets. That's the data points that David Griffin should have been making. And maybe he cheapened his message because of that. Anyway, listen to it. Came out on Friday. There's two shows on Friday in case you missed that one. But it definitely kind of dives into that and my thoughts on it a little bit more. Plus, I have some of the clips that David Griffin said. Anyway, as we look towards the play-in tournament, the Pelicans did themselves a favor. Two-point victory over the Charlotte Hornets last night, 112-110. We don't need to bury the lead in this one. The lead is absolutely Jackson Hayes, who had his best game arguably as a pro. He scored 19 on Friday. He scored 18 in this one, 18 points on the night, eight rebounds, no assists, but six freaking blocks for Jackson Hayes, who's eight of 11 from the field. He looked like a mini Rudy Gobert in this one. He was deterring shots at the rim. No one was getting anywhere near him. And if he did, he showed you the, the rim protection he has in being able to swat things away. And he filled the role of that threat at the rim that Zion Williamson normally does but didn't do in this game since he's not playing. And it led to the team getting a much-needed victory. 
You saw the Charlotte Hornets not shoot particularly well down low because of Jackson Hayes patrolling the paint and then giving them easy, high-percentage looks offensively at the rim by getting those easy points. It was a great game overall for New Orleans in this one in a game they really, really needed to get to keep their play-in tournament hopes alive because the San Antonio Spurs are struggling right now. That is a team that looks like they may not win another game the rest of the way. And so because of that, New Orleans might be able to kind of backdoor their way into the play-in tournament. And if Jackson Hayes keeps this up and keeps holding the line in the midst of this Zion Williamson injury, they can absolutely get there and have a little bit of a taste of the postseason. I think that's awesome. New Orleans is, by the way, only a game and a half back of the San Antonio Spurs right now. Spurs are on a stretch where they've won one out of their last seven games. They're struggling a little bit, and the schedule's only about to get tougher. I believe they play tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. They have a back-to-back against Brooklyn and the Knicks, and then they finish up with a back-to-back against Phoenix, both times against the Phoenix Suns, who are gunning for the, the one spot in the Western Conference. In this game, Najee Marshall, 13 points, kind of rebounding a little bit from that poor game against the 76ers, 6-12 shooting, but just 1-5 of five from 3. If his shot and his form's really good on the 3-point shot, is a little bit more consistent, he's going to be an incredibly valuable player, more so than he is already. Billy Hernan Gomez in this one, 16 rebounds, filling in nicely, but again, it was Jackson Hayes who ended up closing the game out and was the better player. Lonzo Ball, a little bit more inconsistent, just 12 points for him, 6 assists, 3 rebounds and then Eric fucking Bledsoe man this guy who's done nothing all season long has been bad offensively and defensively comes out and puts up 24 freaking points and 11 assists his first double double by the way of the season for New Orleans and he does it on 8 of 17 shooting 3 of 9 from deep and then looking to get downhill and score just he was 5 of 10 from the line so we, we can hate him for that where the hell has this been all season long. All season long, where has this been? He slowed down Lamelo Ball to a little bit of a degree at times. There's not really a ton of doing that. It was Terry Rozier who's matched up against Lonzo Ball who went off for 43 points, which kind of really hurts Lonzo in this, that he's been lit up so many times this season, along with Eric Bledsoe too. But the backcourt going off, and then he just does his thing offensively. Like, come on, this team wouldn't be fighting for play-in contention if he gave you 80% of this in every game throughout the entirety of the regular season. The guy who just didn't care until, oh, hey, I can make a big impact because guys aren't playing right now and it looks good on me. Screw, screw Eric Bledsoe. Nikhil Alexander-Walker back into the rotation in this game, back from injury. 13 points on the night, 5 of 11 from the field, 2 of 4 from deep. Four rebounds, three assists, two turnovers for him. We're going to touch on him in a second. Kyra Lewis Jr. not getting the same kind of run in this one. You know, I think this was a game that they thought they could win. They're going to rely, or at least David uh, David Griffin, Stan Van Gunny's going to rely on his guys. That is not Kyra just yet. He didn't really get the kind of run he needed. Wasn't as impactful in this one. But Stan Van Gundy, who I've been critical of all season long and hasn't been that good of a coach, it's just kind of objectively true to a degree in terms of in-game management, did some really good stuff in this game. Like, really good stuff in this game. You saw Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who had been playing well and was on a minutes restriction coming back from injury, get benched at the start of, or go to the bench at the start of the fourth quarter. But he closed the game out alongside Jackson Hayes. 
And Stan Van Gundy has not done this throughout the year. He just kind of goes to his guys, the starters, Eric Bledsoe, who's been terrible in the fourth quarter of games this year and has continued to play in the fourth quarter of games this year. But Stan Van Gundy went with the guys that got him there, particularly in Jackson Hayes, six blocks on the night, 18 points. Again, he was eight of 11 and he hit the, basically the game icing little, uh, like hook shot that was from Nikhil Alexander Walker. And he went with the guys that got him there and he said he, he, Put air, he put Nikhil Alexander-Walker on the bench to start the fourth quarter so that he would have minutes to use him late in the game to close the game out because Nikhil had been so good at breaking down the defense. Stan Van Gundy would have used those minutes early on in the fourth, earlier on in the year, and you wouldn't have seen Nikhil to close the game out, and the team probably would have lost because of it. So credit to Stan Van Gundy for coming up with the right game plan, something he's not done in terms of rotations and minutes and in-game adjustments for much of the year. And defensively, this team was significantly better in the second half due to adjustments that they made. New Orleans gave up 42 points to the Charlotte Hornets in the second quarter. They gave up only, over that time, 55 points the rest of the way. That's really good after that kind of second quarter that New Orleans gave up. Or sorry, they only gave up uh, 43 points the rest of the way. They scored 55. I got the numbers wrong here. They gave up 42 in the in the second quarter, but only 43 in the second half. That's a great defensive adjustment from this team. And it became because they were playing deeper drop coverage in this. And then at times mixing it up and playing a little bit more aggressively on the guards to limit those guys. Terry Rozier scored 43 points, but did the majority of that in the first half. There were defensive adjustments, a bit of a different game plan, and it led to a victory. A victory that keeps New Orleans alive and in the hunt for the playoffs. And you've got to wonder now, is there a way that Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson come back a little bit early to try and help lead this team into the postseason? And is there a way that maybe any of that could happen tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies? So coming up, we'll preview that game for you and get you set. So before we get to that, today's edition of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action over at BetOnline.ag. And there's very important NBA games this week, and you can bet it all over at BetOnline. So get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. And before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, Sign up bonuses and contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to the website using your mobile device today and sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Free money right there when you use promo code locked on over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely f- passionate about their favorite flavors. So if you don't know what those are, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. My favorite flavor, mint brownie, and don't sleep on the double chocolate. It's soft. It's creamy. 
It's not chalky. It's not dry. It tastes like a candy bar. You're not going to even realize that you're eating something healthy for you. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of them have 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories or 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories. So you're not wasting all of that cardio that you did at the gym. So order today and get that mint brownie or double chocolate or whatever you like using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at BuiltBar.com. So I've gone a little long in the show today. I did not even realize we've done over 20 minutes already. So we've got tonight's game against the Memphis Grizzlies. We're going to do this one really quickly. The Grizzlies are struggling a little bit right now. Over the last five, they're two and three, and offense has been hard to come by for them. They're reintegrating some guys, trying to kind of figure out some of the offensive issues they're having. It's not been working particularly well. This is also a team that over the past year to New Orleans is 0-5 past two years to New Orleans since John Morant's come into the league. This would be a big win for them to get over New Orleans. So you know they're going to come out firing because they are sick of that. Maybe this team, and I doubt it gets Brandon Ingram in this game. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit longer if he comes back at all this season. No Zion in this one, obviously. But this is a team that New Orleans has done a really good job against. The defense for New Orleans, which we need to talk about uh, at some point when we get a chance, has been playing particularly well recently. They can maybe slow down this offense, provided that John Morant doesn't just go off against the team. That's the key. Limit John Morant in this one. Do your thing. Jackson Hayes, deter him at the rim. Don't let him go for 40 that, you know, other guards have done regularly against New Orleans this year. And you can get this victory. This is a team that New Orleans has had success against. This is a team that, you know, isn't bombing away from three and isn't going to kind of use that as a great equalizer against you. They are sound, though, um, particularly on the defensive glass. So you're not going to get a ton of second chance opportunities against them. They also do a good job of forcing turnovers. Make them force you to make those turnovers. Don't give them unforced errors. You can definitely get the victory and continue the march towards the postseason while annoying the Memphis. Grizzlies a little bit more. It's kind of fun to see as much as I like him to see John Morant lose and to keep losing to New Orleans and the team with Zion Williamson who was taking, you know, the first overall pick, not the second overall pick uh, over him. So we'll see about this game. I'm looking forward to it tonight. They're also on the first night of a back-to-back, so we'll see if that impacts things a little bit too. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.